town needs an enemy. Step outside. What do you do to this? Superman. Oh, my sorry. You are here. The lesser of has to compel me to reveal the truth. I'm Batman. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Hello and welcome to Wayne Talk, Rayman Digital's bat-centric bat show for bat fans. You can find us on demand through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Don't forget to add us to your favorites. Subscribe, rate, review, and bookmark our main page, RaymanDigitalMedia.com. I am your host, and with me today, as pretty much always, is Mr. Michael Flores. Hello, hello. And we are going to be kind of wrapping up the... Oh, boy, I'm blowing this. What the fuck was this art called? The, uh, the, their dark designs, right? Yeah. The Tinian's, James Tinian's first arc within the Batman series and the uh, pretty obvious prelude to the Joker War. Um, our last show, or at least one of the previous ones, we covered the first, I want to say five or six issues of this arc. Yeah. One, um, one big old bulk lump yeah. sum. There are, there are two more left that we're going to talk about here and then we're going to speculate and you know delve a little bit into the what we expect from the joker war and then uh i don't know next show or something we'll probably do that we'll see what happens well we didn't intend on covering the entire first arc but you and i both and it's It's good we should have expected we'd like it i mean we both are fans of this writer uh of this writer of this writer james tanyan he's much writier than uh many other writers (laughs) So we should have prepared ourselves for really liking this. But once we got through those initial issues, we're like, shit, we have two more to go for this arc. Let's just fucking cover it all. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, I I struggled a lot because like it's two issues. And like we could talk about shit. We've done we've done hour plus shows on one issue so we could do it. Yeah. But I really struggled with not covering like the first issue of joker war in this show and i feel like that was the right choice because that's gonna be such a thing it already is yeah how, yeah. how many issues are we behind tactic like five um four Jesus. or five issues so behind this, i believe so the first issue of joker war is 95 we are covering 93 and 94 right now i believe 99 came out this week yes 99 so, you're right yeah we're like four four issues behind um i think the joker war I don't think it's ending in 99. I think it might be ending in 100. I find it odd if it were to end with less issues than the setup arc. I mean, we're dealing with what? Nine issues here for the, their dark designs. It's like nine, seven, parts. Eight, nine. Yeah. It's like 87 through 94. And when you take a look at these, the story arc, I should say these nine issues or so, I mean, they're initially, they're, essentially setting up the Joker war. So yes, why would you use course. nine issues to set up Joker war and the Joker war is just like the, three issues? Well, because they also introduce, um, you know, various characters. Yeah, that's um, true. That's and true. there is, there's a lot of world building much more to them than just setting up the story. I mean, the entire, uh, the entirety of the designer, like shit that, Yeah. Um, well, you had mentioned before we started recording that Tanyan wants to introduce characters into his stories, even if they don't play a big part right away so that he can set his stage. 
set the stage for his bigger story he's creating. And you kind of get that when you yeah. look at these nine issues we've gone through, <laughs> even if let's say character a is not as relevant as you would had thought they would be the point to a lot of the setup is he's world building. He's yeah. starting something entirely new and he's setting up this grand epic setting. I mean, look at everything. Yeah. I mean, even with, I believe an issue, um, the, uh, geez, I'm getting all confused with the issues Uh 90 issue 94 with the whole Slade equation. I mean, you can tell he's setting something up yeah. for Slade yeah. as well. All right. So I'm going to chastise myself real quick for not like effectively using notes because a lot of what you just said was stuff that I absolutely wanted to cover, but I was going to save it for like the end of the show. <laughs> Um, well, at this we can point, jump though, all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you know, what we as, do. as long as we say it, who cares? It's, it's here for you to listen to. Um, so, you know, again, you referenced, uh, we briefly talked off the air about exactly what you just said. Um, now, when I had mentioned that, I also mentioned Punchline, and just because we're all over the place right now, you you almost like winced when I said that mm -hmm. um, I feel like you're not super about the character, but then I also mentioned that he introduced her in this, their dark designs arc um, as, as his method of like setting the table. Mm -hmm. He has big plans for her in the Joker war and he didn't want to be introducing her yeah. in that as well as having her do her thing. So like, where are you at just right now with her? What okay. Are you so the one shot that delved into Punchline's origin story, I felt was so solid and really built that character up. Mm -hmm. And then her actual part, the play in issues 93, 92, 93, 94, I just feel like they didn't really go anywhere other than what we expected. She is all about Joker. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping, yes, she's all about Joker, but she's using him as a platform, like a means to an end. Because I feel like the obsessed fangirl, I guess, is something we've seen before. You know, didn't yeah. Harley Quinn essentially start? Yeah, I mean, she like that. straight up, she got like, without even being captured, she basically got Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. So I am looking forward to seeing what they do with their moving forward. And I know that Tanyan's a, an exceptional writer, so I'm not worried, but I made that face. I didn't know you were looking at me when I made that <laughs> face. I probably wouldn't have even brought it up, honestly, in this discussion, because I don't think it's a deal breaker by any means. But yeah, I was a little disappointed with the part she had to play just because there was so much hype around joker's new girlfriend mm -hmm. and for her to kind of essentially fall into the henchman category yeah more than anything it was a little disappointing hey i basically i brought it up because i figured if you you know if you felt that way anyone else could possibly feel that way Absolutely. so i just wanted to use it as like an opportunity to kind of explain at least what his plan is and maybe it'll suck we'll see well, uh, did you feel won't. like she was more than just a henchman in these initial issues? Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I think that she abs I really do think that she shined a couple times. I think mm -hmm. like almost any of the scenes with her and Harley, which has already happened way more than I've expected. Um, yeah, their their banter 
and just like the legitimate conversation where Harley is the ex of this dude the back and, and forth she's trying yeah. to not even be like, Oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. You'll never be being like, and she's like, Harley's genuinely being like supportive. She's like, you know, call me up when he breaks your heart or yeah. like when you, when you get over him and she is trying to spare punchline from the torment that she will experience, uh, presumably, uh, at Joker's hand. And, you know, Punchline just isn't about it. It's really, I feel like Harley's, uh, she is really come ac- coming across as that girl power. I support the girls, even if I'm not on your side. But, hey, listen here, we're fighting. Don't <laughs> go down this path here. You may want to kill me, and I may want to kill you, but please, listen to me now. Joker is a bad guy. Yeah. And not bad in a good way, bad in a <laughs> bad way. So, yeah, I do like that because, A, I, I do like Harley Quinn, and when it comes to her character, how they're using Punchline to affect Harley's character development, I think is really strong because it shows how she has evolved and grown so much from years past yeah so in that way i do like that back and forth between the two of them quite a bit um yeah i mean i really i don't i don't want to harp on harley too much but i don't like you know it's it's harley i don't she's kind of been shoved down everybody's throats all across all of media over the last few years and so like i find it really easy to say that like i'm fucking tired of her but i I think her her personality, her character development, just her her existing and like having things to say that matter is like is cool. It's refreshing. It's not just her, you know, hitting people with a giant fucking mallet and running around in roller skates because oh well, that's Harley. The, the Harley cliche. She's yeah. She's yeah. she has a character and she is doing things. Well, that's the thing. When you have a good writer that's handling a story and he brings characters in. A writer like this isn't about the hype, if if you will. For example, yes, Harley right now is all over the place. And absolutely, people can probably, are, or I should say are probably tired of this Harley overload. But you get the idea that Tanyan isn't bringing her in just to help promote his book. Right. It's more about, hey, listen, she's a vital part of this story. I don't need her to sell the Batman books. Whereas essentially you get a lot of Harley being put all over the place because they're using her to sell things. Mm -hmm. And when you use someone just to sell something, it tends to be cheap and a little superficial. Whereas this does not feel that way. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, And I I don't know, just throwing back to like like you said just good writing just stupid fucking dialogue um you know all of the 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 banter and the back and forth with Harley and Punchline Catwoman talking to the underbroker about new villains loving to shoehorn their names in anywhere they can whenever they can yeah. and i'm sure you figured out a dozen way to end a sentence with the underbroker yeah it's just it's Calling out the cliches. Yeah, I like it, when writers do that. It feels 
I want to say like relatable, and I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it feels appropriate. It feels like a genuine discussion that these super unrealistic characters would be having casually while hacking a server or whatever the hell they're doing. Yeah. Um, oh, what do we got? I think, I mean, like big, big point in issue 93, uh, Harley gets her throat chopped. Yeah, that was a little I, surprising. Yeah, I, and I, then, I, what, dropped yeah, in the sewage? <laughs> yeah, just tossed tossed right into the main line of the sewer. Um, but what a way for Joker to show that he's done. He's over. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and slit her, slit her throat. Dump her in the sewer. Well, is that, was that even a Joker directive? I feel like Punchline is very independent. Yeah, but also isn't Joker kind of calling all the shots currently? I mean, he would be aware well, okay, so uh, uh, straight up, I don't remember which issue it was, but one of the issues, um, he mentions that he's in such a good mood because the plan is going well that his henchmen could completely not listen to him and slaughter an entire floor of the hospital, and he'd probably be fine with it. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of the stuff that he's doing with Punchline, um, I think Punchline really kind of follows a lot of her own directives. Um. Yeah. I think ultimately the the thing that really made these issues so powerful and impactful is let me find a better way to rephrase that. Mm-hmm. People that listen to our discussions on Wayne Talk now know that I'm all about restructuring things in a way that makes sense to the world that has been established for years. And when you're dealing with the world of Batman in particular, there are things that are just apart. It's embedded within the fabric of Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Joker, Penguin, the Riddler, Catwoman, just to name a few. And when you essentially see that Tanya did a medal here in, in regards to, or I should say in, in the sense that he's taking everything we know and restructuring it to set up this big elaborate story to see that this grand design was all about put things that we've seen. Joker is Joker because of this Mm -hmm. penguin is the penguin because of this, all these things that have transpired over the decades, I guess you can say is all things that were set into motion because of the designer, which is really the Joker. (laughs) Well, at the end, at the end, yeah. At the Initially, end. he it was a legit other character right. that they legit killed and legit buried. Right. So you have now the Joker essentially going back years, being the one to set all these things in motion so that he can what steal from Bruce Wayne essentially. I mean, that's a pretty fucking elaborate story, dude, and that comes with some risk. Yeah. So that is. I mean, I know you can appreciate that. A Batman fan like yourself, right? I mean, that knows everything about Batman. When you see a writer delve deep into the roots of Batman and kind of rework things from behind the scenes, it can really break your story if you're not careful. Well, just this this story in general is, is crazy um, in the way that... Uh, you know, whatever off air right before this show, I was talking about one of Tynion's other books with Brian. Um, I basically just said a sentence to him. We weren't talking, but uh, 
a lot of Tinian's books with uh, with the, another publisher, Boom, they they start out as like this is going to be a six issue series or a twelve issue series, and like they do really well. So instead of ending, they go on for another you know twenty to thirty issues, and you know it's good and that's fine and that's you know it it earned those numbers. This story kind of feels like one of those where. This this whole story could have been genuinely about the designer and right. it could have ended with a reveal, you know, about the designer or defeating the designer or whatever. Um, but then, you know, it was picked up and obviously, you know, Tiny is signed for however many issues of Batman and he's talking about, you know, 105 and 103 and blah, blah. So like he's 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 going to keep going. He's going to be here for uh, a while. But it it feels like a story that could have ended there. But then, like, one little twist allowed it to essentially, con- like, end and continue. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, ex- exactly the way. Because I don't feel like any of the last eight issues we read were wasted. No. But they are all absolutely just build up to the next arc. They are absolutely. This Joker War arc could not. I don't want to say that it couldn't happen, but it wouldn't be as hyped for me and I'm sure many other readers. Um, and it wouldn't make as much sense just in story and things happening without having read this whole arc first, without having these yeah. characters established, these motives established, these this foreshadowing for events that are happening. And, you know, kind of wrapping back to what we basically started the show with, Tynion's ability to like set the table mm-hmm. so that he can just present you with a feast rather than having to cook, you know, four courses one at a time and feed you them as they're available. Yeah. Uh, is I like, I'm, I'm literally right now as I'm talking, it's like clicking in my head and I'm really appreciating it. Yeah. I agree 100% because sure. Tynion could have, Let's say he wanted to start his Batman run with the Joker war and say, hey, listen, we'll do one or two issues to kind of set the stage and we'll explain how Joker got Batman's wealth and how now he has all the toys. And he almost does the the final like three pages of um, King's last issue on Batman Mm -hmm. were a. Um, the the last like three issues were written by Tynion and uh, Guillaume March did the art for them. And it was just a real small little story about uh, it was literally just two of Joker's henchmen like talking. And then at the end, Joker shows up and says like, you know, one or two lines. But the whole thing was just like set up for, hey, here's where we're going. And we've been seeing, you know, little bits of that throughout this whole like eight issue arc. And now now we're here. And he could have just started here, as you were just saying, but the the build up I don't know, the build up felt good. I guess because build up can be shitty. Oh, dude. It, it can be drawn out, it can be poorly done. Because yeah, it can you, be could, you can have all this build up. You're like, yes, yes, this is awesome. And then suddenly it just fizzles. You're like, wait a se- like what's that series we that series or that storyline we I've been talking to you about off air. Uh, the new 52, uh, not forever evil. The other one, uh, Trinity, Trinity, the yeah, Trinity war. Trinity. Yeah. Trinity, war? Trinity yeah. of sin or whatever. It's yeah, called. Trinity of sin, I think was the, the book Trinity war was the arc. Yes. I mean, talk about the biggest letdown in recent comic book history. Yeah. And not even like, like, yes, absolutely. But specifically for you, uh, <laughs> because it's, 
it's it focuses on you know a core group of the more mystical characters right. that you know that's kind of your bag um it was a new 52 thing that you didn't read initially so now time has passed and you have taken time out of your busy schedule like legit not not being facetious here to go back and read this story about characters that you're interested in that should be cool and we already know leads to a very important and cool story and it's fucking trash man you and lauren kept telling me like it's bad it's bad don't read it i'm like nah i I gotta read it it has these characters in it and dude it 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 just stops it literally stops i was gonna say it's not even like bad necessarily it's it's frustrating because it's a waste of time right it's it's nothing and that's why when you have something like this you can look at their dark designs this entire setup this eight or nine part setup and you realize that sure yeah you can bring it all together and streamline it and say yes this is all just a setup for one big giant event which is the joker war but look at everything we learn and yeah, it was a fun ass ride and it like it it feels like it ended. Obviously. Oh yeah, there's definitely closure. That's the thing. There's definitely closure because as long as your lead that the story's focused around has closure, whether it be overt closure, you know, something tangible or if it's internal, and I feel like with this story there's both. There is the tangible closure that is needed and then there's the internal closure the 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 moment when the character realizes that something must change that's what you need when you're ending a story mm-hmm. and at the same time is setting you know this new story into motion but look at everything we learned with batman i mean you understand that he's in this this unhealthy place as usual and listen we already know batman's mentally not always in the best of places and i mean he's he's straight up he never is he never is you have to be a broken individual to be the batman right and if you can find a way to reestablish that idea yet again and it still works and then you completely isolate him which essentially that's what this entire setup was was doing it was trying to isolate him and build off what tom king did with the death of alfred to show us that he is alone. He has no Alfred. And I really appreciate that part as well. When they draw attention to, yes, Lucius can do all these things. He can, but dude, I am not Alfred. And I like that because it shows that you can't just easily replace such an iconic character right. like that, which just simply, Hey guys, here's a character that will on, uh, fill in the blanks on top of that with him. Like, like, yes, I can do all of these different things, but like any normal person should only be like capable of one of these things at a time. Yeah. Like you said, he straight up says, I am not Alfred. Um, and in that moment, like it's kind of conveyed that like he, he more or less quits. Like he says, like, I can't, I can't be I your can't Alfred anymore. Yeah. I need to like run the company, the actual job that you pay me to do. And then shortly thereafter, um, you know, punchline has him. So he's like, he's off the table. He's, you know, Bruce is now more alone than ever. And obviously the big focus in this is Alfred. Um, but there there are also um mentions of like the rest of the family right. that uh 
I mean, now okay, because I didn't read Tom King's run, and I know you didn't either, but you're still in the I read know. Parts of it. Where is the rest of the family? The Bat family. So, Damien is a part of the. I mean, he's kind of back and forth between, um, like, the whatever he's doing with Jonathan Kent with uh, Super Sons. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, like the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim, straight up, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, he he might like he doesn't. I don't think he's acting. No shit. He is in um, Tim, at least temporarily rebranded as Drake. I think he might be red Robin again, but um, he is in young justice. Um, so he is, you know, mobbing around with that team. So a lot um, of the isolation was built during, did. during Tom King's run. I mean, yeah, yes and no. They're all, I mean, they're characters that DC you know, they're popular with fans, so they have them in other titles. Mm-hmm. Could they theoretically be pulled back to Gotham? Like, sure. But I feel like, you know, without getting too far into speculation yet, I feel like something is going to happen very early on in the Joker War to completely isolate Gotham so, like, no one can get back in, um, which is why I think we're going to see unlikely alliances and new characters emerge because what else can we do? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, actually, Dick is uh, off in the Nightwing series. I don't even know how long ago at this point, probably at least a year. He was shot in the head um, and not, you know, dead, but um, his 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 brains were all scrambled scrambly brains okay. so he uh so there is justifying yeah, justifiable he, reasons why batman is in fact isolated he rebranded as richard grayson and was every man richard grayson like living living a life and not being a hero at all and like this whole other team of individuals came together and they were like the night wings and they were protecting bloodhaven and he finally like joined them and um, from what we have seen, it looks like, I guess, through Joker War, he is actually finally going to become Nightwing again, like full costume, legit Nightwing, which is cool. That's a that's a big revelation for that character and kind of ballsy for it to happen in Batman rather than his main title series. But, you know, whatever. Moving on. Um, so yeah. That's where Dick is. We, so that's we why got, he's got problems. Yeah. Well, now they removed Catwoman from his life. Dude, mm-hmm. I love it. And, and the fact that they're not letting us forget about Alfred, I think that's important. Oh, absolutely. Because you, he's not one of those characters that can just die. And then we all move on as readers. And of course, the writers themselves should never move on like it's nothing. When you kill off a major component like Alfred, I mean, a character, uh, a literary device to help propel Bruce Wayne forward mentally, physically, and you just forget about him, you would do the story a great and just. So the fact that you tie Alfred in continually into where Batman is at right now, even with his elaborate, I'm going to build these small Gothams, you know, mm-hmm. the, the plan that he had at the beginning of the story arc was all because he's trying to do something that Alfred would want him to do. Oh, essentially. And, then, and then the sad truth about those napkin doodles that Alfred always saw and thought like, oh, these are these are Bruce's little Gothams. These are his aspirations. These are what he wants. And Bruce explains that they are actually his nightmares. They're like, oh, fucked. They're what he sees. They're what, what terrify him in his sleep 
of like the city that he had to return to that yeah. he that he was in alone as a child when his parents died like the place that he left traveled the world and trained to try to come back to and protect not knowing if he was going to have what it takes was he going to hit the street that first night and just get fucking murked by a mugger like he you know so it's the the sad truth behind that is just it's so much more emotional that he is embracing those nightmares and trying to turn them into what Alfred thought they were. And I think you hit it right in the head with the word emotional. That's why this. Taking it right back to our initial conversation about is this just set up? Yeah, sure. It's set up. But look at everything it's done throughout this setup. And you can look at it as setup or you can look at it as I mean, I mean, look at trilogies, for example, in movies. The first movie, you can always say or you can essentially say it's set up for the second and third. Right. I mean, that's how a story starts. Right. So as long as you're telling us something and you give us something, something with substance, something with emotion, uh, something that we can connect with and justify why we just sat down and read nine issues and paid, I don't know what, 30 bucks, 40 bucks altogether at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is what you want. Ideally, this is this yeah. is the type of story you want when you invest that amount of time. And you brought it up earlier in the show. Like, I am very busy. And if I'm going to sit down and read something, I want to enjoy the fuck out of it. And right. I always look for those little nuggets of substance. And this had all of that littered throughout. So definitely um, enjoyed reading it. And and I told you to go fuck yourself, Paul, earlier because it's like now I have another fucking series that I'm going to have to read continually because right. that Joker War is looking mighty right. interesting. Well, and like, so, you know, just kind of continuing on with those emotional moments, like, I don't shit all over Tom King, like, because it's funny. I shit all over Tom King because he's fucking bad. But it's also funny. Uh, but the the... What was it? One page, a page and a half of Batman on the phone with Catwoman while she was in the hospital and him more or less apologizing, explaining the situation, telling her what she should do and then telling her what he hopes happens if she doesn't do that. And just that that whole that whole like one one and a half page scene was more emotional between the two of them than I saw in any of the bat and cat bullshit that Tom King did in his run. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll really see. I've not read any of his stuff. So really it has more emotion in just those couple panels there. I would, I mean, with your hatred of, is it Tom King or yep. Tim, Tom? Tom. King? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I trust your opinion. You have good taste. So I buy it. <laughs> it's it. I can buy it. And and it's his and this is this is a personal thing, so whatever, but his his ability to turn it around because that scene starts with Batman calling Catwoman cat and she responds bat, which is a thing that Tom King had them do all the time. And because of that is cringy as fuck to me and I don't like it. But he immediately took this thing, took this scene that started with something that I hate and like made it this this wonderful thing. Yeah. Um so, you know, great job. Great job, James. Uh, 
Well, hey, listen, that's what good writers do, right? <laughs> they take the shit that was handed to them and they turn it into gold. That's when you know you have a good writer. When they can take, listen, I've watched TV shows that are like that, where a showrunner will take over for a couple of years and you're just like, oh my God, this is horrible. And then they fire him because he sucks and they bring in a new showrunner and suddenly you're like, thank you for fixing all of that nonsense that the previous writer did. Um, so yeah, one of, one of the flashback scenes, we see Bruce track down, um, I believe it was the the rival, the detective that is beaten by the designer, the one that the one that the designer references in like kind of his own origin story. That That's he, right. Yeah. This is the guy that he decided he was going to go leaps and bounds to be ahead of and totally crush him. So Bruce finds that guy and tries to get detective training from him. And did you did you notice that? In the, again, you know, a very short scene, it was like a page and a half of their interactions, maybe two pages. Uh, that guy does the, like, the, 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 like, very, very physically written size. Mm-hmm. Um, like, basically, whenever a dumb question is asked or whenever, like, some piece of information that nobody has any reason to know but is obvious to him, um, it's, I mean, is is that where Bruce got it? Is that part of being a detective? Because I'm he, assuming, yeah. he does that shit constantly in Tynion's Run. Have we seen this before? The, like the, the double have H we, Have we thing? seen... Okay, so we know Batman. Again, you're the Batman freak. I am not. I love Batman, but I'm not a Batman nutcase like you are. So you better know this. I'll make up an answer if I don't. So. Now, we know Batman has traveled, you know, and... To, to learn his various skills, right? Mm-hmm. Have we ever seen him actually team up with a detective to learn to be a detective? Or is this the first time that we saw something like this where he's tracking down someone that he can learn from? Um, okay. So because I don't, I have read, I have read a lot of Batman. I just, and I don't recall that. He is definitely like, I don't think the like, okay, well I'm becoming Batman now and this is what the story is. And like, we're specifically going and training. I don't think there are a lot of stories like that because they're just not that interesting. It's always like flashbacks, right? Such as this. Um, So have we seen him like go back and talk to some of his mentors and things, or like, I guess meet with the mentors for the first time through those flashbacks. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Straight up the, the crossover Batman and the shadow series Mm -hmm. um, is theoretically like completely canon really because the, and the shadow is one or multiple of Bruce's mentors because he like shape shifted into different beings. And he is actually the one who trained Bruce. That's a good fucking series. Maybe. Holy shit. I'm a huge shadow fan. Okay. I I have, I have the trade. It's like six issues. I'll bring it someday. You'll read it. And then maybe we'll talk about it more. I usually don't. I usually steer away from those types of crossovers because I, I got it it's, because um because Snyder like oversaw it while one of really? his um uh I don't want to call them studies, but like pupils, sure, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Um one of them wrote it and then Riley Rosmo, who did the um uh, the Batman Who Laughs like entire one shot story from Metal. Um uh, where like Joker dies and blah. And, yeah. Yeah. 
um, that artist did did the series. So, and I really like that guy. So I just bought it because, like, you know, fuck it. I like these people. And then it was good, too. So great. And you're uh, saying you, you think it's pretty much considered canon? I mean, yeah, it's it's Batman going back to, like, the people that he trained with, and then they all turn out to be the Shadow. Wow. That uh, is amazing. See, I typically stay away from those crossovers because I feel like a lot of them are just, like, it's like dick real teasing. mediocre. It's dick teasing and very mediocre because they're marketing grabs. They're just, mm-hmm. hey, how they're a quick grab for cash, essentially. There, there were two. There was Batman slash the Shadow, and then there was a follow up to that called the Shadow slash Batman. That one was real mediocre, but the first one's great. I'm gonna look it up. I'll read it. Um. So anyway, back back on back on track a little bit. So we've never uh, seen this guy before. This, no. d- this uh, detective, what, Baker? Is that was his name? I believe so, yeah. Because as as far as I recall, this is the guy that the only other time he's been referenced was at the very beginning of this arc when um, the designer is basically trying to sell his talents to Catwoman, Riddler, Penguin, and Joker when they meet up at that haunted-ass boathouse. Which was still really, that was a fucking cool place, too. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of great things that were introduced. Okay, I'm a little confused with the okay. detective, so maybe you can answer this question. When he's talking to Bruce and he says, I was hum- humiliated and outmatched, so I ran like a frightened child. And then we see a, a shot of the designer. Mm-hmm. Why did we see that shot? Because he was the one who humiliated and embarrassed him. Okay. Is that from one of the issues we already read? Yeah. See how yeah, that, that's that why is, I should have gone back to reread. That story is how the designer, you know, again, like sold his talents, sold his skills to the others. He mentioned that he had this rival and they were always back and forth. One does this, the yeah, other does okay. that. And then the yeah. designer realized he needed to, without like having 10 years of time pass, he needed to become 10 years better. Okay. And that's, remember, that's the designer's yeah. whole gimmick. That was the super master plans that he was offering to everybody else. And, you know, all of that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where that came from. Um, we, we've already seen a big status quo change by the end of this issue. Um, and it isn't something that we've never seen before, but I, it is different. Um, Bruce lost the manor. So, I mean, so, so he doesn't have access to most of his family. Alfred's dead. Um, he lost Wayne Manor. He is, I mean, I think it's a safe assumption that he is no longer going to have the company by like, you know, the next issue. Right. Uh, they reference that the police are coming for that next. He lost everything. He lost all of his money, which we've seen before, but now all of that money that he lost has gone to the Joker. Um, Do you with- think we're going to get this stripped down, raw, gritty as fuck Batman because he's going to have nothing. And he's I, not going to have no gadgets. I want to like, I, I like that. And I want to say yes, but we did. We saw that around. Um, I think it was, it was either Batman eternal or it was the main Batman series taking place like following eternal where he, he lost the manor um, literally. uh, I don't remember how exactly it happened, but Arkham took possession of Wayne Manor, like the, the Arkham Institute. Mm -hmm. And there was a short series there uh, where they were literally using as, as an insane asylum. And that, that series was called um, Arkham Manor because 
it was Arkham in Wayne Manor. Um, but Batman also lost a lot of his, you know, his money and his funding. So he had to rely on these like kind of caches, these mini caves that he had throughout the city. And he had very limited, uh, you know, tools, suits and stuff like that. So while that's interesting, and I wouldn't mind seeing that again, we also know that at least at some point during Joker War, he's got that like ridiculous, like borderline pearlescent costume uh, that we'll see come into play at some point. And I don't know. I mean, you know, we can speculate until the next show, but uh, I don't know where that's going to come from if he doesn't have access to everything. I mean, shit, maybe he already has it. Maybe that's already hidden somewhere. Um, but it's interesting. Need, needless to say, changing things from what we always know, especially with what Tynion has done in this this story, this series so far while he's he's had it, where Batman, almost every issue, at least every other issue, he's got like a new vehicle. He's got a new gadget. Yeah. He's got, and now we're seeing him just, you know, sword through the leg, his suit's torn apart. He's, you know, down and out as, as bad as we've, you know, ever really seen him. Um, just fucking angry, emotional, sad, like having heart to hearts with people, like not really saying goodbyes, but like, you know, almost kind of getting a level of closure with certain characters just in case the opportunity doesn't come back. Um, doesn't really tie in, but I'm going to say it anyway. I feel like. Yeah, we already talked about Harley a bunch, but she as a character has been so prevalent. I feel like she is kind of being folded in, like she's oh, yeah. becoming an honorary Bat family member. Um, so we'll see how much of a role she, I mean, it's fucking Harley. So obviously she's going to have a role in Joker War, but we have no idea what her status quo is with the neck chop and sewage water. So you've you mentioned that a few moments ago that <clears throat> we're probably going to get like unlikely alliances that's definitely the route they're gonna go i'm pretty sure because even that moment with slade at the end if you want to talk about that for a moment yeah, I, mean, I, he, he, I just really I he really, had a great line when he's when he's just looking back and uh just kind of looking at the skyline of gotham right is that what you're talking yeah. about mm-hmm. and i don't know cheshire's something is it cheshire or shiva Cheshire, right? Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, Cheshire, yeah. Yeah. She, I don't know, she says something along the lines of, like, what the hell are you doing? He's just, like, taking it in one last time. I have a feeling we'll never be here again. Yeah, which you don't really expect does, for something so... Does he say so never be here again, or does he say not be back s- for a long time? Or never see it again. Okay, yeah. I think that's, that's like, what he said, but... He knows some shit is about to go down hard yeah, in Gotham. and a guy that doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything that happens isn't going to say anything like that. And I'm wondering if, is he going to simply just sit back and allow this? And he said something about 9 million people. That's what he said. 9 million people. So obviously Joker has something in store that Slade is very aware of. And that's going to end in people's deaths. And it doesn't sit well with him. And I, I, I believe well, we that, talked about this a bit on our last discussion, but I've, I, that I just, throws back to the conversation that Deathstroke had on like, literally they're yeah. both on planes or yeah. wings of a plane talking up in the sky, him and Batman and Batman's trying to like rationalize with him as a person who doesn't necessarily want everybody to die. Just the person he's being paid to get to kill. Um, he's not a psychopath. 
You know, Slade isn't a psychopath. He doesn't he's just want a skilled he, man who wants money. Right. He's a paid assassin. It doesn't mean you want to murder the world, <laughs> you know, and he obviously has a conscience. And I love stuff like that. I like when writers don't forget about the minor players in your story, because, yes, you're dealing essentially with a Batman story. And you have so many people that typically play parts in a Batman story. Just like you mentioned Harley Quinn, she seems to be someone that's now reoccurring that will be a part of that story. But then, of course, you have the Batman family. You have Catwoman. And yes, Slade is kind of a a drop in, leave, drop in, leave type of character within the Batman stories. But the fact that you're bringing in a character like Slade and you're not just simply using him to move pieces forward. Many times with a lot of writers and comic books, you get characters being used simply as plot devices to move the plot forward. And then there really isn't any relevance behind while they're here other than, Hey, I can see what you're doing with the character. You're just using it as a writing crutch. Whereas, Hey, yes, we're going to use Slade to move the plot forward, but also we're going to deliver the goods when it comes to his character. We're going to give you Slade fans a little bit of icing on top so that you can also enjoy a story from him. And he's always been one of my favorite, um, I, I see gray characters. Yeah. Anti-hero, vague yeah. villain. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to see what they have in store for him during the Joker war. And that, you know, just kind of building off of, off of that, the, you know, the conversation that he had with Batman, the thoughts that he had before he left the city, like, like technically not everything that's happening is going to be his fault, but everything that is about to happen couldn't have gone off without the role that he played with the other assassins. So, so you know, is yeah. that is that going to weigh on him? Is he like right. vaguely accountable for nine million people about to get killed or, you know, whatever's going to happen? Well, the way they have him staring out at the city, it, there's definitely some weight on yeah. him for sure. I do have a bone to pick, though. I mean, you have Cheshire, right? That's her name, Cheshire. She got hit by full-on hit by a semi-truck, right? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, theoretically, she she should be dead as fuck. Maybe the truck wasn't moving. Maybe they just blasted into it like it was parked, which still probably should kill her. But if that truck was moving and they were moving and they collided, she's dead as hell. All she has is a bandage on her nose. She's a come on. She's League of Assassins. She's League of Assassins. Oh, is she? Okay. Yeah. I mean, she's a superhero type. She has power. Yeah. I mean, like theoretically, she's probably got some. I mean, even if it's just like meditation and enhanced healing, she's probably got something. Okay. I don't know much about her, but I'm like, I listen. I get it. This is a comic book, but come on. Yeah. Her, her, Shiva, Talia, they're all those, those kind of characters. That makes sense then. Um, I mean, just uh, another little status quo shift. Uh, Bruce is Bruce is straight wanted for embezzlement, you know, as part of all of this. Part of the plan, yeah. Um, so now there's there's not even like an escape. Like Batman can't stop being Batman because doing that, that other guy that he is, you know, is wanted. So. There's just there's no safety. There's no safety for him. It's be Batman and deal with all the shit that's coming or try to get some reprieve and just be Bruce for a minute. But also you're wanted. So all of that sucks. Yeah. I wonder what Joker's grand plan is. I understand he's what 
anarchy, right? Essentially. Mm -hmm. But there's got to be, if you're setting up a story that's called Joker War, and yes, they lay it on pretty thick towards the end of the, of issue 94, uh, his plan. Hey, you're used to me fighting with abandoned toy store weapons. You know, now I have your money, Mm -hmm. your weapons, your toys. You've never fought me on that type of playing field. But at the end, what's the point? Does there need to be a point with Joker? Or do you feel like just the chaos in general is 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 good enough? I well, okay. So I like both. I think part of it is um, you know, hark hark back to the conversation that he had with um with the designer. The the thing that pushed the designer to like, fuck you, I'm not helping any of you guys. Um I still love that part. Right. The the whole story of how, you know, the Joker wanted to become the devil. He told the devil that he yeah. wanted to be the devil. Um I think that at least part of the the motivation for his plan is not necessarily doing that like, you know, 10 years of improvement sort of a thing, but it, it is that um what did you say that the detective said? He was sent away crying like a child, yeah. running away like a child. I think the Joker wants to because I don't know that the Joker ever actually wants to kill Batman. But no. I think he wants to embarrass him. He wants to kind of put him down. He wants to put him in his place for once. Cause like, you know, the Joker's never won because the bad guys don't win because that's that bad things happen. And that's comics, you right. know, um, Batman perseveres and always comes through. So now this is, this is genuinely a whole other, a whole other existence of the Joker having all of these tools and tactics available to him. Um, minor spoiler, I saw that um, the Joker mobile does make a return with the Wayne money um, at some point in Joker War. The, yeah, uh, stay on the mic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the Joker mobile comes back. So um, I, I don't even fucking, it's been, I want to say like decades since we've seen that thing. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, boom, right there. That's, you've, you've got a thing. Um, I don't know. This is my own preference. I do feel like at the end of the day, end of the day, we do need to see a greater purpose for Joker. And even mm-hmm. if that purpose is simply something connected to Bruce Wayne, which we already know that's, it's probably going to be, I mean, that's essentially what the two sides of our same coin, two different sides, right? At the same coin, mm-hmm. Joker and Batman. So that type of, element always plays a part in Batman stories when you're talking about Joker and and Batman. But I would like to see the Joker war turn into something a little more meaningful for the Joker. Mm -hmm. We had the, the big reveal of this setup and I I do believe Tanyan is the man to do the job. I, I feel like yes, chaos is something you can have fun with, but at the end, what is it going to do? Right. Well, and so the Joker is such a big character, right? Everybody always has ideas. Everybody always wants to do a story with him. And um, I think Tynion is kind of taking what he learned from Snyder, where like the Joker is a character where every time you use him, you need to. You do the best story that you can. You act like this is the last time you're going to use the character. 
And so in, in Snyder's death of the family, um, the, it was all about the Joker's love for Batman and how Joker really wanted. He was trying to take the rest of the Bat family out of the equation. So they literally, so they had more time for each other. Um, and then, you know, obviously he feels rejected at the end of that story. And so in Endgame, when he returns, it is about the Joker's hatred for Batman. And he is trying to just take out everything. Um, everything and everyone. And so, you know, while there are some similarities here with, you know, with at least specifically Endgame and like Tynion's run right here with uh, Joker War, I feel like it's, I have faith that Tynion's not just going to tell the same story. Um, we're going to go in a drastically different area. And in Endgame, um, that is when the Joker uh, at at some point put together that Bruce is Batman. So the Joker has known that for a while. Yeah. And I mean, he, he used that information to torment him a little bit, but it was primarily just an attack on Alfred, as far as I remember. And like, that's off the table now. So as you said, what, what is he going to use that information for? I mean, we've got Bruce Wayne now wanted and like, that's inconvenient, but like, he's got to do more with that information. Right. I would think so. Um, well, and it's, it's it, whatever throwing, throwing back to, um, death strokes, kind of ominous words before he left. Um, and we find out when Selena disappeared from the hospital, we figure out what happened to her penguin who also was in the hospital because he also had his throat slit. That's right. Um, he takes her, and they're they're literally in uh, what do they call it? It's like the cool place or something. Literally, the cool room. Yeah, all of the villains in the city are they're 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 hiding. They're literally hiding. They know that not only is a Joker attack coming, which I guess this is just how they handle them, uh, because Joker attacks are always crazy. But like the Joker attack is coming, so. Like, it's smart. It makes sense. Get the fuck out of Dodge. But, like, it's also, it's interesting that, you know, again, Tinyan is kind of setting the table for where these characters are because we are not going to see them at any point, you know, presumably, through Joker War. And, like, this is why. And I think that is going to make, you know, again, that that story that much more interesting. That's why we're going to see these unlikely alliances. That's why we're going to see new characters rising out of the ground. Uh, so you think these characters are purposely being tucked away? Like this is the last we'll see of them during the Joker war. Yeah. I mean like with, with there's like two or three shots of the cool place. Yeah. Uh, the cool room. Yeah. All. I was, I was, I just started watching the good place. So forgive me. Um, but there's so many people in there. There's so many different characters like hundreds? In, in the different shots. I mean, there's a bunch like 40 of them. What? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and like now we don't necessarily have to worry about what's going to happen to Selena. We just know that we probably won't see her. Um, cause like, like penguin straight, like it's locked down. Nobody's leaving. This is, this is where we are until this is over. So I feel like that, you know, that precedent has been established and now we have to go from there. Um, so we've got Harley floating around in the sewer. Um, <laughs> we got, we, we got Bruce, um, Lucius is, you know, uh, obtained 
by Joker and Punchline. Um, and like through, you know, spoilers and leaks and I guess just cover art, we know that Cassandra Cain and Stephanie Brown, as well as the the new character Clown Killer, will be making an appearance. But it's a it's a very interesting team of I mean, Clown Killer brand new, but the other two are kind of like fan favorite, but like also underused characters that are going to, I mean, they, they have no choice really, but to be in the spotlight of the story. So it's, it's interesting. The characters, the tiny has chosen to use, um, also like all of them are badass women aside from clown killer. So that's, I don't know, interesting or coincidental or whatever. Um, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm ready for a new character. Um, I love clown killers design. Um, Presumably Harley is alive and now she's got not only her everlasting vendetta against Joker, but uh, also punchline because she slit her throat and left her to drown. Yeah. Do you think she's going to change her tune now towards punchline? You think she's going to be all I about mean, how do you not right? Like, like genuinely. Yeah. If, if I come over there and slit your throat and throw you in the sewer after this show. Oh, come on. You'll, you'll survive. But how will you feel toward me? Probably going to go kill you. Stab you. Well, we go. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do yeah. with that scenario as well. Because so far, as we said, the punchline Harley back and forth has been pretty fun. Um, and I guess, okay, so at the end, perhaps you can answer or clarify a few things. So at the end, he's standing, Batman's standing on the top of a building, as Batman does. And he's talking about finding the answer and needing a sign lightning goes off and then he says and you answer alfred i have to be a better bat yeah is there more to that you think well okay so that that scene vaguely confused me because um i don't know if it just happened in like one panel that we missed but i i thought that was present time and like him talking about how you know alfred wasn't there like obviously it's present time Mm -hmm. um the shots showing him climbing were mostly just like shoulder and arms. So you couldn't really tell if the suit was fucked up, but when the lightning strikes, it's a good looking suit. It's not the same one he was wearing. Right. Just so a, just a page there. before. Yeah. I, okay. So I wasn't I, the only, maybe he had a suit stored on that crane. Cause like straight up, that's absolutely possible. Um, maybe he changed it. Cause it also looked like an older suit. It had like an older, like, like straight up one of the, the new 52, like original yeah. bat symbol mm-hmm. kind of situation on it. Um, but yeah, the quote, uh, I think it's yes, Alfred, I shall become a better bat, um, is, is a play on the yes, father, I shall become the bat, um, a line that like Bruce says kind of to himself when he realizes that he should adopt like the bat persona, become the Batman. And also a line that, uh, Tinian has tattooed on his arm. Okay. Um, so like that's, what a that's fan all, boy. that's all super cool. Um, and, and I like the kind of, you know, obvious homage to Alfred being like the, f- the second father. Um, yeah, it works. I just was a little confused because the, the page yeah, prior I, we I saw ass- him. I assume it's like a, a flub with, with the a art. stabbed leg and a bandage, you know, that compression. Yeah. And then a page later, we see him standing on the top of the building, perfectly looking beautiful. So I'm and, assuming time had passed perhaps. I mean, literally just like. 
take off a boot and like the belt, you know, give me like two half panels and I'll understand what's happening. Right. Yeah. Um, so I assume that he just had another older costume there. Um, all in all though, I mean, I, I feel like we have, we've hit it home several times, uh, unprovoked throughout this, but, uh, it was, it was a good arc. It was good read all in all. Um, and I'm very excited for where this is going. Would you agree? I 100% (laughs) agree. And something we did not touch on Mm -hmm. in this discussion briefly, the art is just so on point. Oh yeah. Every panel is like, uh, is a work of art. A lot gorgeous. the, a lot of it, I think a lot more than the first chunk that we read, which was way more issues by count. Um, a lot more of this was that like Joker and Batman, the, the game March stuff. I love that dude. So that was all great to see a lot of the Harley and the punchline was him too. And then the, the whole flashback scene with the detective that was, I believe Raphael Albuquerque. Um, it was much more concise. They, I don't think they jumped around between artists as much in the, these last two issues as they did before. Yeah. Not that we had issues with that as we discussed before each each like scene or each character pairing it fit and it felt consistent, but yeah, just the art in these last two issues was fantastic. <clears throat> um, I guess we're done talking. Okay. <laughs> uh, did you have any, any closing comments, any uh, final words before, but you're very That's... awkward when it's time to end. Shows. Well, it's, it's done. It's done talking now guys. We're so done. bye. Um, no, but we're going to wrap this one. Uh, we have kind of milked these two issues for, I don't know, probably close to an hour's worth of content. So, uh, and, and now I'm just really excited to go read Joker war. Um, so final thoughts, anything that you have to say, hopes, expectations, or, uh, things that you don't want to happen in, uh, the next few issues we read. I have high expectations, but I know Tanyan will deliver and I'm definitely going to be reading them. Right. For sure. I might even start purchasing individual issues rather than doing the digital. Wow. Rather. <laughs> I, I thought I, you were going to say, I might start purchasing individual issues rather than just stealing them. Rather than just stealing, uh, pirating, I might just start actually buying. I might be a legal comic book reader. Nice. So, nice. It's worth I don't, it. I don't steal comics. Yeah. No. I uh, su- support the habit. Legit. Um, pay for things that you like. Y- you got to. Especially, I mean, otherwise they get canceled. I mean, look at Hellblazer. Oh, that's a that's a different show that you get to be sad about. Don't bring that. Don't bring that here. Um. So that said, uh, thank you everyone for listening. I uh, I hope I hope you're reading Batman because it's good, and I love James Tynan. Um, and I, and I feel like you should you should listen and feel the same way that we feel when we talk about this stuff, rather than just taking what we say as granted and and not reading it shit's good he's top five comic book writers right now for me easily yeah um once again you can find us on demand through itunes stitcher google play and spotify please uh favorites subscribe rate review bookmark uh comment to, to say things um mike doesn't actually tell me like really a lot of feedback but i i care so if you say things that are good or bad, he might relay them to me and uh, and will improve or make the show worse. 
I recently received a message telling me that uh, Paul really drags out those uh, those endings during the end of the discussions, and he ends them awkwardly. All right. See you. See you next time, guys. Blah 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 blah. All of that chit chat's gonna get you hurt. Oh my God.